Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. 4.50 to go. Ben Starr's the inside. Just in front of Smart Rubik. Yan Duby. Indiana Falls getting to the outside. Ben Starr's with a kick. Shows the way by a length and a half. Trying hard. Indiana Falls. Yan Duby. Smart Rubik. Ben Starr's under siege. Out wide on the track. Indiana Falls went to the front from Yan Duby. Then Smart Rubik. Indiana Falls just in front. Yan Duby rallying back. They're drawing to the line. Indiana Falls nosed out. Yan Duby. And a toddy to the Last, Smart Rubik in a photo for third with prize benefits. The final race at Rockhampton last. on the weekend. A $13 chance, but a very significant moment in the training career of a young lady who's going to be one of the guests on Bushbeat this morning with Tony Clements and Rob Luck. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Stephen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. And yes, a very, very uh, important moment in the training career for a young lady with that horse, Indiana Falls, the first train, uh, first winner for her training in her own right. And we'll introduce you to her shortly on the show. It's been wonderful to be able to showcase some of these uh, new names that have been coming through and celebrating milestones like their first training wins or first riding wins. And we'll continue to do that on Bushbeat today, as well as looking back at what happened at the non-tab meeting on the weekend at Home Hill and at Roma. Helping us out with the news as always, Rob Luck, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, uh, listeners. And, uh, yeah, it was a very exciting meeting at Rockhampton for that young lady we're referring to, Tony. But there's always exciting times at uh, Rockhampton. And, and we're quite used to, aren't we, the Ryan Wiggins uh, treble that comes up at mm. most of the provincial meetings or the Chris Whiteley doubles or Kerrod Smythe having a double with real statement and devil kick. But uh, the result there... And we're going to hear an even uh, exciting achievement for Jared Wheelow. I didn't realise that Jared was... That far down the track with a number of winners that Tony McMahon will be talking to us about. But uh, what an exciting day for Shalias Green, or commonly referred to as Mully, I think is the nickname or the name given to her in Rockhampton. As uh, we welcome her to the show, Tony, as uh, we celebrate her first winner as a trainer. Good morning to you, Mully. Good morning. How are you? And is that the name we go by? Because I, I looked at the name and I thought, who who is this trainer? And then that twig. <laughs> Which name yeah, do you no, prefer to be called? No one really knows me as Celeste, so we all just stick with Molly, really. <laughs> <laughs> where did where did Molly come from? I, I know a little of the background, but you've got to tell us the uh, the story. Where did you get the nickname Molly? Oh, when I was a, um, a little toddler, I used to watch the Molly Grobs on TV. And I was just mesmerised by it, so my whole family just used to call me Mully, and then I stopped answering to Celise and only answered to Mully, so it kind of had to stick. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a whole, as you say, a whole heap of people wouldn't even know who Shalise Green is. They'd know, oh, that's uh, that's Graham's daughter over there. Um, but you know, somebody important. That, that's Shalise. No, that's Mully. No, that's Mully. That's you'd be copying that all the time, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I've had a few people that I've been friends with for years and years, and they're like. Oh, is that your cousin or something? I said, no, no, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> is it a case of you You only have to answer to Shalice when you know you're in trouble? It's like yeah, when mum yells yeah, at you, try, you know, you're given names in full. <laughs> yeah, try to avoid answering to it, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first the first training winner on the weekend, but you're a real blue blood in terms of the, the breeding, so as to speak, aren't you, uh, with Dad Graham Green? Um, take, take us back to how it all evolved and, and how at this point you've now come through into the training ranks and you're joining you're joining that 
a little elite group that's been happening on Bushbeat uh, lately with their first winner, and so great to see the number of uh, new faces coming into the training ranks. But take us back to the beginning and uh, your involvement with Dad and involvement with horses from an early age. Yeah, Dad was a trainer since we were, well, since I was born, actually, was at the races the day I was born. So, um, yeah, he's been a massive influence on me throughout my entire life. He pretty much taught me the passion of racing. Um, when I graduated high school, Dad said to me, well, if you want to pursue a career in, in racing, I think you need to go above and beyond and go and work for a bigger trainer and try and learn a little bit. So, um, yeah, chipped me off to Sydney and I got a job with uh, Darley under Pete Snowden at the time and uh, Pete was brilliant he uh, very very astute horseman he um, actually got me a job for working for six months over in England for um, Darley as well as Newmarket so um, naturally when I came back I wanted to regroup with Pete and he'd just gone out on his own with um, his son Paul so I got to team up with them for a number of years as well um, and then I decided I wanted to move back close to the family. So they were based in Brisbane at the time. So I moved back to Brisbane and I teamed up with Kelly Sweeter, who, again, another brilliant horseman and taught me a lot as well. So then Dad moved back to Rocky and said, oh, do you want to come with us and we'll start up up here together? So, yeah, off we went. <laughs> and then um, I met Adrian when I got back up to Rocky and, yeah, the rest is history, really. <laughs> That's an amazing CV when you look back at that resume. There'd be so many people would be envious of just being able to spend you know, a day or a week or a month, let alone you know six months or something like that going to England, let alone being able to work with the likes of, well, I won't say you know the thrill of working with Kelly Sweden, no, I can say that. Uh, <laughs> but working with someone like Kelly, like you say, a great horseman, and someone like Peter and the operation there at Darley, that would have just been such an eye-opener, you know, without sort of stereotyping, you know, but for a girl from the country to go and see that massive operation that they had down there in the Hunter uh, with Darley and also, you know, with the stables in Sydney and that sort of thing. What a wonderful way to be able to learn your trade. Yeah, it was a big eye-opener, that's for sure. Like like you say, you go from the bush to the to the city, it's an eye-opener in itself. But the, the quality of horses down there and the breeding and it was just, yeah, I loved every minute of it and I learned a lot with them. And the first winner, uh, just take us through how many how many horses you've got, how many runs or starts you had with them. And I take it that Indiana Falls, this sacred falls, was a bit of a bargain buy as well for you. Yeah, I've actually only had her as a, a starter at this stage. Um, that was her fourth start for me. Um, her first start, she actually was feeling that well she boxed. So poor Grubby, uh, sorry, Nathan Day, he, uh, he stuck on well that day, but it was a bit of a laugh. It was first runner and she bucked so but on ever, ever since she's uh, yeah put it all together and she's she was a bargain buyer for us we paid eight hundred dollars for us anything she did was going to be a bonus and it was just a bit of fun for us really it's all right you can and you I, can pay it on grabby we don't mind you probably deserve something like that for all of the bad rides <laughs> well, I, no, I, I, I might need to be it. a bit nice to him he mightn't have forgiven me yet <laughs> <laughs> i take it you don't have any trouble getting a track work rider either with um, adrian in the stable so as to speak no no if he doesn't show up you have me to answer to so yeah. <laughs> no he's helped me out a lot actually and yeah he's a massive supporter so i'd be lost without him
And Mully, there'd be a few people who look at it and say, well, you know, Adrian's been training in his own right or he's one of the few, the few dual licensees in Queensland. But this, is, I guess, uh, by you having your training licence, sometimes it's just a different uh, set of hands on a horse can, can mean the, the world of difference, you know, different styles and techniques. But it also then would free Adrian up a little bit more, I'm sure, to be able to pursue rides away from Rocky. Yeah, that was the that was the idea behind it. Um, I was going to focus more on the training side of things, which has been a bit of an interest over the years, and that and he could focus then on his riding. But um, yeah, it's still, he's still a bit too fat to be riding at this stage. <laughs> so we'll just continue on the path that we're we're following at the moment. You'll have to talk to whoever cooks dinner at home and just make sure there's less on the plate for him. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he follows instructions well uh, with all the the track work etc. As well, uh, Molly. Hey, I got I got to ask you a question. Um, I'm glad you you solved the mystery of where Molly came from because I actually thought it might have linked to an old uh, an old horse that Dad had, and I think it's one of his favourites in Mundy Gully. Do you remember that horse? I kept oh. looking at that and think that's where Molly comes from. Oh, he was a very special horse to us, actually. Um, Dad and I, we took him to the. Uh, Magic Millions, he had a start in that. So he was an oh, incredible horse and a beautiful natured horse. But, yeah, I, I would be stoked if they nicknamed me after him. But, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> it wasn't the case. <laughs> no, instead of it was like a, a rubber band looking mouth on a, at a pair of eyes on a TV screen. <laughs> yeah, I can think of worse. There, to watch now. <laughs> there are worse nicknames you could have. And, yeah, you've only got to look at Grubby. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that poor bloke. <laughs> Morning, Grub. <laughs> And where, where does Indiana Falls head now after that maiden plate win? Is there a bit more in store for this sacred Falls mare? Well, we actually decided we'd just give her a, a week on the grass at the moment and just see how she pulls up after that. And then we'll have a look at the calendar and go from there, really. Like, we're in no rush with her. She owes us nothing. We probably owe her more than she owes us, I, I feel. But, um, yeah, there's just, yeah, whatever happens, happens, really. We'll just see how she comes through it after the week on the grass and go from there. Molly, we've seen more. plenty of um, sorry, Rob, but we've seen plenty of uh, training partnerships come around, and the one that springs to mind straight away is Tony and Maddie Sears in Toowoomba. Um, but there's been plenty of others, you know, whether whether they be family members or good friends. Was there ever a consideration to go into a partnership with that? Uh, yeah, there was at one point, and then um, well, when I got with Adrian, we sort of teamed up a bit, and before you know it, I was working full time for Adrian. So it was um, yeah, probably followed. We might end up going in a partnership one day, Adrian and myself. But, yeah, there definitely was a thought with Dad. Mm -hmm. um, he's a brilliant horseman and he's achieved a lot in his own right, so it would have been brilliant. So, yeah. We certainly know the feats of uh, Master Jamie through Dad as well. Um as well there but uh, I do believe I was reading Tony McMahon's article I do believe you had a nice little flutter on it as well with your last uh, amount in the in the TAB account yeah I said I'm cleaning her out that's it <laughs> I'm, I'm not a very good punter so my $50 doesn't last very long <laughs> so I said that's it I'm cleaning it out and if it's if I don't win anything on Indy then it doesn't matter I'm not putting any more money in this out <laughs> Well, you keep backing $13 shots, you're going to keep on winning and uh, boost the, uh, the account balance up and be able to uh, give the jockey a good sling anyway. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and you had the, one of the more experienced jockeys with Chris Whiteley on board, but I noticed she was a good buy off the, uh, the uh, Bloodstock auction. Uh, your eyes on anything else to build the team now? Uh, oh, actually, I was going through the catalogue last night, but yeah, at this stage, I'm just 
the one at the moment. Like we've got a newborn baby, Archie, and um, yeah, it's kind of keeping me pretty busy at the moment. So just having the one or two, and and yeah, that'll that'll keep me busy enough at this stage. And I believe Archie was there to celebrate as well. Yeah, he's never too far away, so yeah, he's always at the races or at the stables with me. So. <laughs> One last thing before we let you go. Happy birthday for yesterday. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> Great to have you on the show this morning. Congratulations on your first win in your own name, and I'm sure it won't be the last time. And great to have you on Bushbeat to celebrate this week. Thanks very much. Good on you, Mully. Mully Green there. You'll see the name in the race book, folks, are on Racing Australia as uh, Shalice, which is spelled S-I-L-E-A-S. And you'd look at it like we did, Rob, and think, I have no idea what I'm going to say there. So you've got to then do a little bit of research and meet a delightful young lady who really has, uh, as we said, what a pedigree in uh, in her apprenticeship of getting to the stage of being a trainer in her own right. And now Archie's starting off in the same vein, isn't he? Getting to the races and seeing winners and getting it in the blood. Good to see this young blood coming through. But, uh, Tony, isn't it great to see the rise of Jared Wheelow uh, with his performance as a trainer? I didn't realise that Jared had reached that important milestone of the 300th winner, and it came with French, uh, Fresh Prince in the first at Rockhampton uh, on Saturday as well. As they spin the bend, 600 again. Fresh Prince shows the way by a length. Now, coming off his back is Edification coming to the outside and is starting to loom large. Then Northern Woods over on the inside for the back in the field came Orana and Tri-Nations is back last of all. Fresh Prince, the inside, Edification, the outside. They are toe-to-toe. Fresh Prince, Edification, Fresh Prince just in front of Edification who's trying hard. Fresh Prince, Edification, he's not there yet, the favourite. Fresh Prince digging in late. Edification won't get there. Fresh Prince is going to lead all of the way. Fresh Prince has defeated the hot pot Edification second. Telanks away third was Tri-Nations, then Orana. Yes, Fresh Prince taking out the opening race at Rockhampton at their five-race tab program at Callaghan Park on Saturday, winning the tab class three 1,500 metres, beating Edification by a length and a big gap back to Tri-Nations in third. Tony McMahon is joining us on Bushbeat this morning to talk about that and a bit of other news around the Rocky region as well as Fresh Prince was Jared Wheelow's 300th career winner. Good morning, Tony. Uh, good morning to you, Tony, and good morning, Rob. Yeah, Jared's having a wonderful season. as are quite a few of our young trainers up here. Uh, I think this season, Jared, I'm just looking at the premiership tables, I speak, he's trained uh, 28 winners. Puts him in around about oh, 10th or 11th position on the Queensland table. Up running about uh, fifth is Clinton Taylor with 38 winners. So uh, young fellas and Nick Walsh, I'm not quite sure where he is there, but he's training us massive winners too. But uh, Jared has certainly got the better winners, so uh, he's doing well. And, uh, you know, a lovely young fella too to talk to. So, and his wife, Alicia, behind him, it's a big help. He does a lot of the work at the tables and rides a lot of track yeah, Tony, appropriately, that Quinella, look at the trainers' names, Jared Wheelow and Clinton Taylor, as you outlined, uh, two young guns really uh, firing with their teams. Yes, they are. There's no doubt about that uh, whatsoever. If you go through the Rockhampton program, you had uh, the two young fellows, Jared Wheelow, then you had Adrian Coombe winning the second, and uh, an old-timer, I suppose you could say. I'm sure he won't mind me referring to him like that. It's Carrot Smythe. He won two races with uh, Real Statement and Devil Kick, and the last was taken down by uh, Mully Green. Had me filled with the uh, less green, but um, yeah, Mully Green. So uh, that was the less first winner you spoke about. So yeah, Young Guns playing a big part up here, Rob. 
And it was something that we highlighted last week as well when we were talking about the uh, Marilla Cup meeting at Miles and, and uh, talking there with um, Malia Hall last week about how Miles is right at the crossroads there and it's so easy for trainers to get to. And one of the things that we were saying was back in the days when like Billy Johnson was there and even Les Ross was training out of that base, it was pretty easy to get to Rockhampton. But you didn't often see it go the other way. But last weekend, well, the weekend before last, when they did have that Miles meeting on, Jared Wheelow did send a couple of horses down the road. So he's placing his horses beautifully. Yes, he is. You've got to have to be a traveller these days. And uh, Clinton Taylor is certainly the leader of that band. He takes them everywhere. Jared's following. And uh, and also Nick Walsh. The old thing is you place them right, feed them right, and work them right, you should have success. So uh, they're certainly doing that. Hey, Tony, there's a horse that's in the Blue Diamond party for two, of course, with Telemon Thoroughbred, Telemon Stud. That's a good advertisement for two important yearling sales that we both get excited about at this time of the year, of course. The March Cuter sale where it was passed in and the Capricorn yearling sale coming up where it was also put through and uh, passed in. You can, It's got a, a, a dual, if you like, uh, advertisement for both of these sales. Certainly has, uh, Robin. That, that happens so often. These horses get uh, passed in and turn out to be top horses. Another one that just comes to mind was Marway, who won races in Sydney. He was passed into the Capricornia sales and uh, River Lad. He went on to win a Group 1 straight track, so might be a bit of a tip there. Going very, very well. And, of course, the Capricorn yearling sales coming up. They've got a record book uh, catalogue this year, 130 Maybe that's on the, the 1st or the 2nd, the first Sunday in, in April. Be a magic sale. And of course, the Magic Million sale, as you just referred to, we've been going down there for uh, 25 years, if not longer, taking tours of people down. They've got almost 400 uh, lots for sale. And that's on the 20th and 21st of March. And Magic Millions, once again, are offering the uh, regional rebate for uh, regional buyers. If they have an established record of spending over $10,000 at sales at Magic Millions for March sales, they will be provided. Uh, almost certainly with uh, complimentary accommodation uh, at the uh, Star, I believe, and buyers that, uh, who make a purchase down there for over $10,000 from the region, they will have uh, the right to make applications and have their uh, accommodation refunded. So it's a great scheme and it's a very exciting time for both sales coming up in the next uh, in the next month. And the catalogues are out, by the way. I've got the box full, which I've got to manage to get out to Longreach now because it came <laughs> to the Gold Coast. But uh, the catalogues are out, and the first scan has already happened at this end, Tony. I'm sure it has uh, from you as well, and I take it you'll be heading down there again uh, with a, another group looking for the next uh, Paradise Imperial, well, who knows, which I right. see it might have a horse, uh, a yearling in there. Am I right? Yes, she has. She's got one by power, and uh, she's a genuine sale down there and uh, a yeah, big group coming down from Rockhampton once again the catalogues have all been distributed up here and the uh, catalogues for the Capricorni healing south they shouldn't be too far away again but yeah there'll be a, a stack of people coming down for the uh, March Magic Million sale that's for sure. What else is making news around the, the Rocky region before we let you go Tom? Uh, well there's a couple of big country meetings coming up Tony I suppose we should mention uh, certainly St Patrick's Day country race meeting coming up out there at Springshaw that's on I'm just trying to flick the pages now as I, as I speak to you the Rockhampton one's on the 18th of uh, March Rockhampton there's a big St Patrick's Day meeting that day in Springshaw I think for memory it might be on the uh, 11th yeah, week, of March week before yeah, on the 11th yeah. yeah I'm looking for that's their 70th meeting too so uh, 70th Springshaw St. Pat's meeting, that's going to be a ripper. And a big one coming up at Murrumbarra, I think, that's on around about the 25th of March. So uh, heading out that way as well. Yeah, Murrumbarra, the 25th of March. So some good country meetings coming up, and they're racing, um, as I say, there's been a heck of a lot of racing. We've got racing here at Rockhampton on Friday, racing Sky on Saturday, and racing at Fangool on Tuesday, and they're all TAB meetings. So uh, plenty of racing. Bye. 
great to catch up with you on the uh, the show again this week. We'll chat soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Those dates again, folks. Capricorn Yearling Sale is coming up on uh, Sunday the 2nd of April. You'll find a link there through the uh, Rockhampton Jockey Club website. It's calliganpark.com.au. They've got a tab on the right-hand side for Capricorn Yearling Sale. You'll be able to uh, find out all of the latest news coming through there. And, yes, the uh, 2023 Gold Coast March Yearling Sale uh, inspections from 8am Friday, March 17. And the sales uh, dates are Monday, March 20, Tuesday, March 21, with 388 lots to go under the hammer. Uh, Rob, we're highlighting what happened uh, on the weekend at the races. We've given plenty of time this morning to uh, Rockhampton. Let's head a little bit further southwest and uh, talk about Bendemir Cup Day at Roma. Didn't want to... Well, we did want to play, but we haven't got time for all of the replays. We're not going to replay the Bendemir Cup for you this morning, but we'll talk about it. But I want to replay this race and, and tell you a bit of a story behind race four, the 1,000-metre Class B. City check in front, a half to Country Boys looming. A length and a half to Jet Spinner, followed then by over on the outside, Bubble Bath. In the centre is E. Grey, and getting right to the outside is Stormwater, followed then by Craig and Hoffwell back in the field. Down past the 100, Country Boys moves up on the outside of City Chick, puts paid, and Country Boys goes on to win by two links to City Chick. Tight for third, Candy Dawn getting the SQS Rodney Hoffman Memorial Class B over 1,000 metres, won by the Craig Smith Train Country Boys, beating City Chick and Candy Dawn. I didn't pick it up until my friend here, who has such an attention for detail, realised, well done, Mr Luck. This must be the old days of having to scan through uh, marking off um, exams at school or something like that, that the initials were CB, defeated CC and CD. I did not see that at all. <laughs> Strict alphabetical use of the bookstore at Barker's <laughs> News Agency when we're putting books Is that what it was? Eh? <laughs> and it's intriguing always when you're a race caller to see that too. It often helps you do the memory as, as well. But how many times do you see the country boys get the better of the city chick anyway, Tony? I thought that was appropriate <laughs> that the country boys come up with a good win. Oh, I was going to say not very often knowing some of the country boys I've had the dealings with. Uh, the story behind country boys, folks, is better than ready geldings. Trained by Craig Smith. Now, Craig is one of the, the country boys that is in the part owner with it. Uh, Shauna Hearn is there as well. Now, that's uh, Craig's daughter's... Courtney's partner. Have I uh, haven't confused things too much there. Uh, Gary Fisher from Rockhampton is another of the country boys that is tied up in it all. But Mr. R. A. Hoffman is the one name there that sta stands out there, and that is Rodney Hoffman. Hoffy, as he was so well known, and so many people knew of Hoffy. Sadly, we lost him December last year unexpectedly. And what a wonderful thing for this horse to be able to come out and actually win the memorial race there but it wasn't the only memorial race that uh, the Roma Turf Club had there on Saturday um, sadly it wasn't a very good year for for, for Craig, he lost both his mum and dad in Rex and Kath, and there was the uh, the Rex and Catherine Smith Memorial, which was race three, taken out by Chase and Benari from the Wayne Baker Stable. And I thought a really nice touch, Rob. We were talking about this uh, off-air earlier on today. The Bendemir Cup was the last race, won by the Pat Webster train coat of arms. And most people, it might have actually escaped them, but in the uh, the sponsorship there, it was the Sediva Haulage VJ Day Bendemir Cup. And a little nod there to the great bush horse of Pat Webster's who sadly had to be uh, put down after a race there on Roma Cup Day last year. 
And it's something that we were talking about. These Memorial Days are wonderful when they're acknowledging people who have been heavily involved in the club, whether it be committee people, trainers, jockeys, you know, even just racing families that want to acknowledge somebody. I know that at Longreach you have some very, very important uh, Memorial Days and Memorial Races along the way. But I thought a nod to a great uh, warrior at the track so well associated with a track like Bassett Park, putting Vijay's na- uh, name there into the race, I think was a wonderful thing. And wonderful too that Pat was able to win that event. Yeah, and racing an amazing sport when you um, when you get that situation where you have the memorial races as well, and you get Craig training the winner of the Rodney Hoffman Memorial, uh, them being great mates and country boys getting that win. But you're right, Tony. We can overlook the horse a little bit, and VJ Day, of course, with that wonderful record, uh, Battle of the Bush, and I think it was second in the Stampede. Um, he's in that elite level of that country style of horse and to give that recognition it's just one of those other little things as country tracks do it so well with memorial races recognising the people involved their roles whether it be a trainer or a jockey or a committee member and so on um, that here we have VJ Day being honoured in that regard and and it was fitting also, I thought, that uh, they were successive races. As you mentioned, um, Craig certainly had a, a tough year last year, losing uh, both parents as well in uh, oh, 2020. But uh, Rex and Catherine Smith... Now, Rex Smith had been president uh, since 1990 to 2000 and life membership in 2002, but he was such a, a supporter of that Bendemeer Shire that he was mayor of uh, before these amalgamations, and he really supported those little towns like Wallambilla and uh, Jackson and Yulebar that we all know when we drive that way and you go through them, the little markers along that stretch of road. Uh, he really got the people to come into these meetings, and uh, it was so fitting that those races followed on in sequence uh, with their Memorial Cutis race when Chase Minari was the dominant winner and uh, followed through to the the, uh, the Hoffy Memorial and then of course the Bendemeer Cup to wrap up the program where this coat of arms by the way, he's come off a 7th in a country stampede at his uh, last campaign and uh, Pat Webster of course I'm sure is gearing that way but the sequence as well Tony I thought was very very fitting on the day. Yeah, very nice to see that sort of thing and, and great uh, support there from uh, a whole heap of uh, supporters and sponsors as well. Uh, I was having a chat with Craig yesterday and he was saying that Brandon and Associates, who sponsored um, the Memorial Race for his mum and dad, they're the longest running sponsor at the Roma Turf Club. And it was uh, a family friendship that goes back decades and they've just that business has remained loyal and stuck with the club all the way through all this time. And I, I think that sort of thing, you just can't, highlight that kind of thing enough I think it's underplayed the value of some of these long-term sponsors you get to the point where sometimes I'm sure when some new committees come in they just look at it and expect that oh yeah he's been here for years he'll he'll re-sign you've got to look after your sponsors folks they're not going to be there forever uh, and it's not easy in this day and age to try and find new ones uh, as much as businesses need to get their name out there in the in the the local town and the community and a race sponsorship is a great way to be able to do it but uh, it's wonderful those kind of relationships that you hear stories about as well with country racing. Yeah, vital to the backbone of uh, clubs. And I see Sideva Haulage uh, with three of the sponsored races on the program, including that VJ Day Bendemeer uh, Cup. They had the, the uh, opening races on the program. Uh, Shane Iverson got the winner with Alanara with Sophie Wilcock, this smart missile. It was having its uh, first up run since mid-December, fourth run from the stable, defeated Zuma and wait a minute. But Craig Smith uh, produced the first winner on the day, and this was the first of the better-than-readies. This stallion is doing 
doing such an amazing job um, for Queensland breeding. And uh, Winnebar with Paul Hamlin uh, booting this galloper home, a three-quarter length winner over Bartos and uh, Joey Jaws. It was its third run for the stable after a second at Roma in December. But, you know, Craig gets Winnebar up and Country Boys both better than Reddy's. And just an interesting point, Paul Hamlin made a good point to me. He rang me a week or so ago. Um, the Paul's one of those heavyweight jockeys, and we've been talking in recent weeks about the think tank that was taking place about uh, getting country jockeys or the shortage of country jockeys, that problem looked at, and different ways in which it can be. He pointed out to me, Tony, that there is a rule in place now, and this can, this can help on a day where you have a situation where you don't have that many jockeys available but you can often have the situation where a jockey ends up sitting in the room because the ex the assumed uh, rule with overweight is they allow up to two kilos but there has been a rule come in that has been approved that you can go between two and four kilos overweight but you have to have applied for it prior to the race day to the stewards. So if you know you're in a situation where you're going to the meeting and you've got a horse and you haven't got a jockey, but you know there's jockeys there and they are, are, are riding in that heavyweight scale and they're not going to be available for your horse, if they're in that two to four kilo range, and I checked this out with a Curex steward, that yes, it does exist, but you must apply for it prior to the race day. So rather than that jockey sitting in the room, and the horse being scratched that might be getting prepared for a race two weeks down the track and it misses out on that as well uh, if you fall into that category apply for that and uh, get the stewards permission to uh, have up to that four kilos paul in his own thinking believes there shouldn't be any restriction at all the benefit of getting if you agree to it as the uh, owner or trainer uh, go go all out and don't have any restriction but at the moment there is approval tony for two between two and that's the most accepted one up to two kilos but you can go up to four kilos if you apply for it prior to race day you'll learn a new thing every day I think that sort of thing, especially with some of these, um, you know, once a year and more remote meetings. And the example I used to you when we were chatting earlier was something like in the country. You might be aware that there's only going to be, say, seven jockeys going there, and there's going to be eight horses in a race. Or hang on, no, I'm doing my math the wrong way. Um, seven jockeys going. There's six horses in a race. You know what I mean? There's a jockey sitting there that could actually ride a horse, nominate it, and nominate the jockey and declare to you, yes, we think there's going to be a shortage of jockeys. Um, we think that this guy is going to be. Uh, sitting here and using Paul Hamlin as a heavyweight uh, example uh, is going to be sitting there. We're not going to get a run if we don't put him on uh, and declare over. And I think it, you know, it's, it's one of those vital things. It not, may not be about uh, actually you know, winning that race that day, but the horse needs the run because then it may be you know, part of his campaign to win a, another race two weeks down the track. Yeah, and I do stress it's in relation to non-TAB meetings, of course, that that uh, situation applies. But uh, I always appreciate Paul giving me a call. He's, he's got some good ideas about helping uh, country racing improve, and I really appreciate that information uh, coming through, as we ask for every week, of course. Uh, we ask for that when you email barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. I've got in early this week, Tony. Um, <laughs> but there was, there was a win on the weekend where there is so much interest in horses and the way they look on a racetrack. And there was one down in Victoria that uh, I think it was called Splash of Paint that Peter Rowe had that uh, resumed down in the picnics down there. But there was one at Home Hill where Milky Rocket came up with his third win of the day to open the program. And he's such an exciting horse on a racetrack because of his flashy looks. This Palomino thoroughbred, homebred for John Manzeman and Jade Doolan taking the first at Home Hill. 
So they really have packed up at that point. He wanted to give the leader a, a bit of a, a camp in front, Dawn Strike, and he lets them get to him. He's just in front, Dawn Strike on the inside. Colin Batty on his outside second. Back on the inside there was uh, was Milky Rocket, who settles in third, dropping out of it, Lenny Rocket. And the others are headed by Dovey Day, straightening up. He's off again now. Dawn Strike, he gave him full balls. He got anything left in the tank. Dawn Strike in front. Colin Batty trying hard. Here's Milky Rocket down the outside. The flashy one. Milky Rocket over the top, puts his nose in front of Milky Rocket, beat Colin Batty. Third was Dawn Strike. Ah, uh, yes, as Laurie Wode said Davies in the call there, the flashy one. Flashy, all right. Uh, Milky Rocket. This is chestnuts. There's got to be a new way that they can actually describe these because they're almost blonde in colour. Uh, the, these particular styles uh, of these milky sort of looking horses. And I know we've we spoke about this one before, Rob, because it was uh, trained by John Manselman, written by Jade Doolan. It's raced by John and, and Jade's mum, Viv. And, yeah, talk about flashy. It's gorgeous to look at, Milky Rocket. And it came via a rocket of gold that they had was, I think, the very first of the Palomino thoroughbreds to be a winning racehorse. Uh, he's now a four-year-old uh, horse. And look at the record. He's had 40 starts, but three wins, 12 minor placings and $73,000 in prize money. And he's won between 1,200 and 1,600 and been in the money three of his last four. You'd be quite happy to have him in the stable. And I know uh, John and particularly uh, Jade is. And uh, we're talking about Grubby Day, by the way, before. Uh, I thought he had nearly outridden them in this race. He, he got them out. He got the pace going early. Then he stacked them up. Then he kicked again on the short straight. But uh, Jade, who... Um, is still riding at those uh, those country um, TAB meetings and that, and not far off, I would think, the provincial licence, uh, a, a very heady ride to make sure she uh, utilised the ground on the inside and was in a challenging position in the home straight and was able to get up over Colin Batty for Jenna Edwards and Dawn Strike. But, yeah, these horses add that dimension on the day, don't they, Tony? They, uh, they really draw the crowd. And uh, he started at uh, $4, and I'm sure the punters who like to follow them there on the day were on board. Um, it was a, a bookend of the program for Johnny Mansman because he had Mashani Jewel come off a fourth at, at Emerald at its last start, and uh, this Jetspur three-year-old filly uh, was able to get up convincingly over line of Kings and River Daisy. All three of those place getters are uh, pretty good each-way odds right through the market. So that stable in particular having a good day out at uh, the Burdekin meeting at Home Hill. But the closest result of the day, go to race three on the program, the benchmark 55, and you see that the first eight horses home, there was only 1.85 lengths covering them. And uh, I'm pretty sure I saw on the uh, regional cast coverage that this was run in fairly miserable-looking conditions, and I'm sure the track was downgraded to a soft six uh, after this race. And the lout, the emergency for David Reynolds and Isabella Tay, uh, was able to get up by... Uh, a quarter of a length over Our Addiction and Golden Athena. It's also for John Mansman and Jay Doolan. That one had missed the start and flashed home. But when you get the result like that, uh, Laurie Rhodes did, did a great job there with those first eight covering only less than two lengths across the line. Um, and uh, Georgie Holt likes that cutest money with Mersey Girl, the top echelon filly. And as soon as that track got a little bit wet, if you knew the top echelon breed, they do tend to like the sting out of the ground. And Pietro Romeo got a three-quarter length win on Mersey Girl. Uh, second at Townsville at its last run for its first win in 10 over Shalina. 
and Mashani Patriot with that cutest money going off for the first and third uh, horses there. But good to see that Burdekin meeting up there on regional cast and uh, Milky Rocket stealing the thunder on the day there in the first and giving John Manzeman a bookend to the program with two winners on the day, Tony. We weren't able to congratulate her on her first win, but her first day riding there on uh, Saturday at the Home Hill program. Erin Malloy made her racing debut with just the two rides with a third and a fifth. So, Erin, we've got your name and got you uh, on our watch list. So when you get your first up, I'm sure that we're going to be able to continue our run of congratulating some of those uh, jockeys and trainers with their first like we've been able to over recent weeks. We're talking with you all, Rob, about that Rocky program with Ryan Wiggins riding a treble, Chris Whiteley with a double and Kerrod Smythe with a, a training double. Also highlights out of the week, uh, Toowoomba on Saturday night, Corrie and Ky- Kylie Gear in stable continues doing what they do with another winning double. There were no multiple winners last Tuesday at Mackay, but I wanted to highlight Age of Innocence winning again for Brooke Johnson and Nick Walsh. Uh, we had Brookie on the show going back uh, a while ago, and uh, since uh, Nick got that kiss and make-up mare from Lloyd Cannawell, uh, he's had uh, something like 12 starts uh, with, uh, with the mare and nine wins so far, two seconds and a fourth, so it's wonderful to see Age of Innocence continuing on her winning way. And also out of that Mackay program last Tuesday, apprentice Jenna Edwards rode her first tab winner on Test of War for Clermont trainer John Healan. It's been great to be able to celebrate some of these milestones because you only get so many firsts in your life and you've got to blow the trumpet loudly with them. You mentioned John Healan. Great to see that social media react to many of these wins and uh, considered a real gentleman of of the game and uh, John getting that win coming in from Clermont. And that age of innocence, Danny, uh, my uh, laptop just went down, but I'm pretty sure, I think I mentioned it was five from five at that track. Now it's six from six or it might be the other way around, but uh, what a record. And Clary Herman, of course, out there in Winton doing, uh, or his team going great guns with Nick Walsh, but I'm pretty sure it was six from six uh, with that win there. Yeah, yeah they're doing great the job there with, with Nick. And I also should mention uh, the tab meetings at Kangaroo Island in South Australia last Thursday and Saturday at the Thursday program. Nicola Ewan and Stephen Lenahan combined for a double. Steve had a, a training treble on the day. At the Saturday program, Caitlin Murray rode a treble. Nicole Irwin with uh, a training quartet, four winners on the day. And well done to uh, James and Lisa Dodgson with Ham's Lep, written by apprentice Brittany Wong, taking out the Dudley Wines Kangaroo Island Cup. Another pack show this morning. Time flies so quickly. Fruit, uh, what do they say? Uh, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, and uh, this week, after the Townsville meeting today, TAB meetings Thursday at Gatton, Rockhampton Friday, as Tony McMahon mentioned, Mackay and Toowoomba on Saturday, Thangool racing next Monday with their TAB meeting, Tuesday it's Townsville, and the non-TABs are starting to build up a little bit once again now that we're getting towards the end of the summer season. This coming Saturday, 25th of February, Atherton, Blackhall, Gundawindi and Mount Isa. And those cutest dual qualifiers kicking off today in Townsville as we count down to that March sale that we mentioned. Of course, the cutest day at Doombin on the Saturday prior to the sale with the redevelopment going on of the Gold Coast um, track there. And look with interest at that meeting at Townsville today. But uh, if you've got any more news, uh, any ideas for country racings, uh, Please feel uh, free to share with us on uh, Bushbeat. We'll look forward to it again next week. Tony, good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob, and thank you to Rob Luck, Tony McMahon and Mully Green for joining us on the show. Wonderful to keep showcasing some of these uh, bright new faces and names that are coming up through the racing ranks, and we'll continue to do that in the weeks ahead on Bushbeat, I'm sure. Have a great week, everyone. Safe racing on the weekend. We'll talk to you next Tuesday.